One of the incredible things we all get an opportunity to do is sometimes stumble into those people uh, who inspire us with their stories of faith and their lives of faith. And so as we were preparing this conference, uh, a fellow from the network uh, contacted us and said, I'd like to tell a story about someone who's inspired me in the faith, who has that whatever-it-takes quality. And so I'm going to invite Liam uh, to come up the front. Liam, you can give him a clap if you'd like. Seems you've started. Uh, Liam's from Morissette. He's been planning the church there for two and a half years. Take it away, Liam. Cheers. Uh, I just want to talk about my parents-in-law for a minute. Um, it's not usual you want to talk about your parents-in-law, um, but I do. Uh, this is Graham and Sue. And uh, I, I particularly want to focus on Graham in the last four years, four or five years of his life. Um, he, he's an exceptionally ordinary person. And I, I think that's what, what strikes me about this story, is how ordinary he is. Uh, you probably wouldn't remember him. You probably wouldn't be struck by him if you met him. Um, he, the only extraordinary thing about him was that he loved Jesus. He became a Christian at 31, uh, probably around the age that a lot of us are. Uh, he came from a non-Christian family, uh, started following Jesus, and, and threw himself into serving the church. He's a trained chef, but he worked in Toyota, spraying bumper bars for a living. So just really, really ordinary guy. But you'd see him at church, setting up the chairs, leading when he had to, preaching if he really had to, didn't like doing that, but he'd do it. Um, really, really ordinary guy. But about five years ago, aged 48, um, Graham was, did something absolutely extraordinary. Uh, he was so struck with what Jesus had done for him that Graham and Sue decided that they wanted to spend more of their time serving Jesus. So Sue was a part-time nurse and Graham took redundancy, quit his job, to work full-time at a Christian camp centre, um, helping build it to start with and then going to be the chef to look after it. So that, that went on for a couple of years. He was working hard building. And then Sue decided, well, I want a bit of this action too. <laughs> so she quit her job too uh, to, to work at a full-time at this Christian camp centre. No, no money, no payments for that. So they sold their house. Um, I'd just married their daughter. Um, so they'd, they'd paid for both their weddings uh, their daughter's weddings, they got that out of the way, sold their house, um, bought a tiny flat which they rented out and then they moved into a caravan in a paddock so that they could rent out their house to pay the bills. Uh, they cut all their non-essential costs um, like one mobile phone, sold a car, uh, quit their life insurance, all those things that are weekly costs that take an income to, to take, they, they cut them out so that they could work full time. And they kept doing that. But then, about two years ago, Graham got diagnosed with cancer, uh, which is a... Sorry. Yeah, it's really, really confusing uh, when, when you see people who are giving their lives to Jesus get struck with something like that that's going to knock them about. Um, but they stayed, stayed living in that caravan kept working between chemo and other, other treatments uh, for the next two years. And then, uh, then last year, last October, Graham died. Um, this photo was taken, uh, sorry, only six weeks before he died. Um, and you can see he's got his chef's gear on because they were... <coughs> sorry. 
they were cooking for the, the very first camp that they that centre that they were working at. Finally got it built and they were they were running it. And and one one young girl became a Christian at that camp. And then six weeks later, uh, he got to meet Jesus for real, uh, which is really encouraging. And um, just yeah, when this uh, when this conference came out, the uh, whatever it takes slogan, it just got me thinking. Um, how often do we think, oh, um, what what could I do for the gospel? Um, yeah, maybe I could sell my house and move into a caravan and you know cut all my costs so that I can work, do a really ordinary job, um, cooking in the kitchen so that kids can hear about Jesus. Um, but thinking about the few days or the few hours after Graham died, I just, it's probably not theologically tight, but I just got wondering, what do you reckon Graham said to Jesus when they finally met? Um, this is all conjecture, just that's my disclaimer. Um, but I, I, I'd take a fair shot. He didn't say, I wish I'd paid off that second mortgage. I'd say he didn't say, I wish I hadn't spent the last four years of my life busting my gut for your mission. I bet he didn't say that. I, I reckon he would have said, I wish I'd done more. I wish I'd done more. I wish I'd done it for longer. I wish I'd quit my job earlier. Uh, I wish I'd done more for you. But I reckon Jesus would have said something like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you wish you'd done more, but you did okay. Uh, so that's just an encouragement for me in a really ordinary way um, that we can do whatever it takes uh, as we're singing uh, that for Christ who died on the cross and did everything for us. Uh, how, yeah, how inspiring that we can just do something very small uh, for his mission.